You are listening to the What A Word podcast, an interview style podcast where guests bring their unique experiences and insight on culture, life's challenges, and faith. Each episode is seasoned with words which will inspire and encourage. Now here is your host, Ryan Sharp. I don't know how you measure passion, but I'm honored each week to speak to individuals who I believe are passionate. They have a reason to work towards mastering that thing that they are involved in. It could be a work. It could be uh, something they've created. They are passionate about it. And a passion gives you a reason to keep learning, to keep doing to keep going. And today's no different. My guest, Asha McElroy, is passionate about what she's doing. And you'll soon learn it after you listen to my conversation with her. Now, she has a background in uh, food and nutrition. She's currently doing her master's so she can get her licenses or certifications as a registered dietitian nutritionist. And she's also focusing on public health. She's passionate about food, she's passionate about community, and she's passionate about improving the life choices of, of residents in her area of Detroit, Michigan. I'm honored to have her as a guest. Please join me in welcoming Asha McElroy to the What A Word podcast. Welcome Asha to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ryan. I appreciate you reaching out. You're most welcome. I want to ask you, with all the career choices in the world, could you share with listeners why you chose your particular career pursuit? And um, yeah, give us the why of why you chose your particular career pursuit. Definitely. So I chose to go into the field of dietetics, um, really based off a conversation I had with my mom at when I was in high school and I was looking up different um, medical programs to become a cardiologist just because I knew I wanted to help people, but I also knew I wanted to kind of go into the field of uh, health. So she sat down with me and she told me to pursue something that you'll wake up every single day and feel like it's not a job, like you'll be so passionate about it and love your job every single day. So I knew I was passionate about food and I knew I wanted to help people. So I looked into different careers that kind of merged the two together and I found the field of nutrition and dietetics and I never heard of this field before. So I began to look into it more um, and I found the career path of becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist and a registered dietitian nutritionist, um, as you spoke with Dr. Lewis about, can work in a variety of different settings. They can do research, they can work in a clinical setting, they can work in the community, and they can really help um, various people to be able to improve their overall health behaviors, which includes you know, healthy eating habits, physical activity as well, which both of those um, two topics go hand in hand. So that's how I came across um, a registered dietitian nutritionist. And I'm, I'm not at that level yet. I don't have my credentials yet. I'm in school right now at the University of Michigan. So I'm on track to become a registered dietitian nutritionist. That's awesome. So you grew up in Michigan? 
I did. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan for about three years. I was born there and then I moved to a suburb right outside of Detroit in Michigan. Well, that's awesome. What 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 is the the weather like and how conducive is it to gardening, which I know is also an interest of yours? So the weather in Michigan, um, we have about three months of summer, a few, maybe, maybe a month or two of spring. Um, so you can do some um, some spring gardening and some fall gardening when the weather is like still a little bit cold, but not warm enough for like hot crops. Um, and then we have, like I said, May through August of like nice weather, about 70 degrees or higher. And um, then we have the fall gardening, which is like October. And it was supposed to be November this year, but um, our temperatures dropped to like 30 degrees. So fall gardening is over at this point. Wow, that's awesome. And I want to talk to you a little more about that because listeners are going to wonder, um, why is Ryan having a guest on to talk about gardening in the heights of the shift in the weather? But I, I think you'll have something to offer about ways we can prepare to uh, get uh, maybe uh, our own interests peaked in gardening and children as well, even during uh, seasons where it is not as warm or as hot. Uh, but I wanted to ask you as well about uh, the confirmation you got that you made the right decision in terms of your career pursuit. When did you get that confirmation at the earliest? That's a great question. Um, I would say once I arrived on campus um, at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, that's where I went for undergrad and I studied food and nutritional sciences with a concentration in human nutrition and on campus, it, it's an HBCU. It's one of the largest and the best, of course, Aggie Pride. Um, and on campus, I was just surrounded by students that looked like me. I was taught by professors that also looked like me and reflected um, the passion and the issues for um, various topics that are, are affecting um, people of color, like chronic disease and diet-related illnesses. And also um, just wanting to see people of color um, improve their health outcomes through food and through physical activity. So when I was on campus, I was able to get involved in research and that I feel like was a confirmation that I knew, you know, that what I was doing, what I was studying, the people I was connecting with um, in terms of nutrition, dietetics, nutritional sciences, food science, was all what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I was able to get involved in various research projects on campus, which helped me to connect what I was learning in the classroom to um, you know, what I wanted to pursue even after I earned my degree and you know, the impact that I'm able to make as a researcher, understanding problems that affect my community and helping to improve health outcomes in my community. Um, so you know, research was um, a path that I didn't know I would um, travel down, but I, I'm so grateful that I did because I was able to continue to learn and continue to grow as a researcher and a scholar as well. That's awesome. How far along are you now in the journey in terms of your career? So I just started at the University of Michigan in the School of Public Health. I'm a first year Master of Public Health in Nutritional Sciences with a concentration dietetics student. So it's my first semester. Um, I graduated from North Carolina A&T in December of 2020. So I'm not too far removed from undergrad, but I just started my graduate 
um, journey, but it's been challenging so far, but I know that all this hard work will be worth it um, in the end for sure. That's awesome, and I'm so happy with all that you've accomplished. And it's especially inspiring to see individuals who have a passion for the work they're in, and while doing it, they are getting confirmation that they made the absolute best decision. Now, your mom told you do something that will keep you awake, will bring joy to your heart. Is yeah. mom right about the field you're in? <laughs> yes, definitely. Right? <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I love, I was able to learn so much about just the field of dietetics and nutrition and food and like learning about recipe development and learning about farm to table, learning about um, how to, you know, design nutrition interventions to help improve behaviors in various populations. So, you know, those are things growing up I wasn't exposed to. And now that I'm in the field, like I'm able to see all the different aspects of um, dietetics and nutrition. What did the pandemic reveal to you in terms of your area and study? Because you seem to be making a connection, even in what you said about uh, health and diet and the community. What did the pandemic amplify for you in terms of the connections, those same connections? Right. I feel like the pandemic, it was able to amplify um, really my um, understanding of people wanting to grow their own food or their interest in gardening. I saw a lot. I worked at a, um, a landscaping store for a short period of time when the pandemic had started and just the um, the supply and demand issues that occurred because so many people were coming in to buy transplants and seeds and soil because they wanted, they didn't have anything else to do and they wanted to grow um, plants and grow uh, vegetables in their backyard. So I was able to see um, that just from working there for a short period of time. And that really sparked my interest in starting a Instagram brand and um, it's now called Asha underscore the underscore scientist on Instagram, where I was able to basically educate, empower, and uplift young people to utilize space to grow their own food and then, you know, harvest the food that they grow and make healthy recipes to help um, improve their health behaviors across the lifespan. So I wanted to start with that age group just because it's not only a difficult age group because we think that we're invincible and we like to eat, you know, what we like to eat at that age because we are so young, but trying to help them to understand, you know, that healthy eating is a lifelong thing. It's not just, you know, a thing that you do um, for a month until you reach your desired um, weight goals or your desired body goals. So that was the connection that I saw in the pandemic and just utilizing a social media um, platform to be able to educate people and to be able to show them like it's possible to grow your own food, especially as a young person, no matter where you are, if you're in an apartment, if you're in your parents' home still, because that's a reality for a lot of young people as well. I love the segue. Can we get more into horticulture, which is, I think, what you are driving us to right now. So horticulture, as I understand it, is um, the art or practice of um, garden cultivation and management. When did you first get exposed to gardening? 
I would say at a young age, I'm not sure exactly, um, you know, what age, but it, it was like when I was probably like five or six, maybe. And my dad had me out in the garden with him every single year after that first exposure um, with him, like just taking the weeds out of the soil and making sure that the soil um, was ready to um, receive flowers and, and other um, perennials that we were planting every single year. And I just continued to work with him in the garden. And that was kind of a bonding tool that we established, but also it was able to cultivate, you know, my interest in gardening and horticulture and agriculture as well. Um, and I just, growing up, I never made the connection to growing my own food and gardening. But once I went away to an HBCU in North Carolina and came back, I had a conversation with my parents and I was like, I want to, you know, utilize the space in our backyard to grow our own food, to become more self-sustainable, to hopefully help reduce the grocery bill and to, you know, provide less work for my dad because he was cutting the grass. And, you know, if I'm tearing up some grass, I'm taking some work off of uh, your plate, really, when, you know, we're utilizing more space in our beautiful backyard. So um, that was, you know, how I kind of got started in gardening and how I continued to mold and to shape my interest in gardening as well. That's awesome. It would seem at that age that the outdoors and gardening appealed to your natural curiosity. And you mentioned earlier that this option is available to individuals who may not even have the yard space per se, but may be interested in learning about um, cultivating or managing a garden. Could you uh, explain for us the various ways individuals can get involved or get into gardening a little more? Definitely. So there's different types of gardening. Um, there's you know hydroponics where you don't utilize any soil, but you utilize water and nutrients to grow. Um, various foods and fruits and vegetables. There's also, I know in the city of Detroit and I'm sure in other cities, you can rent a plot of land and you can grow your own food that way. It's not in your, um, your residence per se or in your apartment, but you will have to travel to, you know, utilize space to grow your own food. And also there's container gardening, which you can do in your apartment or in your home. Um, if you wanted to bring some plants in during the winter and kind of create your own um, greenhouse inside of a closet or create your greenhouse outside. There's different ways um, to create sort of a hoop house or a greenhouse using, you know, supplies that you can get from a grocery, not a grocery store, but a dollar store, um, like a hula hoop and, you know, some cover to help protect your plants from wind and from colder temperatures if you live in a climate like Michigan. Um, some crops can be grown in the snow. Some crops definitely cannot just due to um, low light exposure, and then the extremely cold temperatures as well. And I would say as well, there's definitely other ways that you can garden. Um, I know on Instagram, there's so many different pages um, of people living internationally and in, all across the U.S. that are just utilizing um, different techniques to um, enhance um, their garden and enhance their, their cooking uh, skills as well. That's awesome. So I'm a parent of two 10-year-olds and a seven-year-old. Could you walk me through um, what I could pique their interest in? Because I imagine for you, you started pretty young. And I'm going to ask you about the first thing 
you planted and the results. Um, so I'll do it this way. Could you tell us about the first thing you planted and the results of that? And then walk me through what I could start my children off with in terms of exposing them in where we were at um, maybe 30 degrees this morning. <laughs> so, right. you know, with this season's weather, how can I get them pique their interest in, um, in horticulture? Right, so piquing um, young children's interests really in anything, I don't think it's that difficult. It, it depends on your children too, but um, I would say like green onions that you buy at the grocery store that can be used as a garnish on a lot of different dishes, regardless of um, the different type of cuisine that you're cooking. Um, you can put green onions in like water and then those onions will sprout and grow um, over about a period of probably three to five days. And, you know, just having your kids see um, the progression from day one to day five, that could, you know, spark their interest in um, gardening because once um, the green onion reaches about day five, you probably will have to change the water out and you could maybe put it in some soil so that the green onion could grow over the winter in a, win in a window seal. Just maybe have them do an experiment um, and you can call it that just so that they can, you know, see the green onion from day one to day five and then see it, how far can you help it grow in 30 degree weather inside, right? And also as well, I would say um, you can do onions, you can put them in water, the brown part of the onion in water and see if it'll grow or do anything or will it just rot? Like just doing various experiments with various types of fruits and vegetables um, that can definitely kind of help them to be intrigued and interested. And then when the weather breaks, you can actually get out into um, the soil and they can get their hands dirty as well. One of the first things I planted um, when I started gardening, I, I looked up different crops that were easy to grow just because when you're a beginner, you, you don't want to start with Brussels sprouts and you don't, you know, produce results that um, you're looking for. So I started with lettuce. Lettuce seeds are really easy. You just put them on top of the soil, um, water them, and then they'll begin to germinate or start growing um, within like two to three days. And they really just do their own thing. I love, you know, the resilience of just planting various fruits and vegetables because if there's wind or if there's, you know, not as much rain as you were expecting or anything else, like they will be okay. Um, that's some something that I had learned this past season. So um, gardening is a journey. You're not going to learn it overnight. It's going to be like trial and error, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. That's powerful. That's powerful. What have you seen in terms of did you know in the area in which you live, Detroit? Um, I know for a lot of public health professionals, there was an emphasis on community gardening and or exposing or making available to residents who were in food deserts the options to have. Uh, you know, natural foods available through having a community garden. Is that something that's available where you are in, in Detroit? Definitely. I was able to get involved with an organization called Keep Growing Detroit. Um, and they are awesome because they provide 
um, education to gardeners that are experienced or gardeners that are just starting out and don't know where to start. And they have lots of YouTube videos online, which you can watch from anywhere. They're free. They're from experts um, within, you know, the field of horticulture and people that, you know, work at Keep Growing Detroit as well. And they provide transplants and seeds and soil and other resources for anyone living in the city of Detroit and that wants to, you know, start their own garden. You can join their garden research program for $10. So it's really economical and you get a lot of bang for your buck. And they provide you with cold crops and hot crops as well. So that's awesome too, because you're able to have a full garden by the end of the season um, when you have both crops. So that's definitely awesome. And then there's other organizations um, within the city of Detroit. Um, Oakland Avenue Farm is another organization that you can, you know, that practices community gardening and they, you know, have a garden that's accessible to the community where they can come in, community members can come and learn and educate themselves. And there is another garden that's slipping my mind right now, um, but it's connected to the Detroit Black Community Food Security Network. And that's another organization that does programming and education around just um, agriculture and gardening and becoming more self-sustainable as a community in the city of Detroit. And finally, I will plug on um, the Detroit Food Policy Council. I also work with them. And um, that organization really connects um, the policy of um, gardening and having livestock and um, understanding how food, how the food system in Detroit um, impacts health outcomes as well through research policy and education as well. So those are three different organizations that work uh, to help Detroit um, learn more about agriculture, et cetera. Oh, that's awesome. I, I will be sure and you know, you can let me know whether it's okay to put all of these impactful organizations in the podcast link as well. So uh, individuals who may want to learn more or support, I don't know if they rely any on um, public funding, but certainly if, if, if that is the case, I'd like to um, encourage others to either access or support uh, these impactful organizations as well. Now you've made the connection between uh, natural food and health and diet. Are you plant-based as well? I, I went on your Instagram page and I noticed that you do a lot of cooking demonstrations and you just show individuals like the 101s of having natural foods and tasty juices. Um, are you plant-based? Great question. So I'm not plant-based. Um, I call myself a flexitarian. It, it's not a made-up term. That it's a real thing if you Google it. Um, but really, it's like flexing between um, various uh, different types of um, different types of diets. And I, I still do eat um, animal protein, but I also eat plant protein. It just depends on the day. It depends on what I have access to. Um, and I'm willing to try vegan dishes. I'm willing to try plant-based or um, pescatarian dishes. So I call myself a, a flexitarian, um, but I like to showcase the plant-based meals um, on my Instagram really because um, some people don't know how to use certain um, vegetables in the kitchen. So just showing people the versatility of black eyed peas or collard greens or sweet potatoes just to name a few vegetables. 
um, outside of what we see and what we know, depending on our exposure. You know, sweet potato fries can be used for sweet potatoes can be used for so much more than fries or baked. Like you can use it in a burrito, or you can use it in a soup, or you could you know substitute a sweet potato for butternut squash. Right. So really getting people to think and be creative in the kitchen. That's one thing I love um, to do. Just not necessarily writing down a recipe the first time, but just getting in the kitchen to cook and then going back to, you know, write the recipe and um, just helping for people to really develop um, their own personality in the kitchen. That's one thing I definitely pride myself on and um, what I do when I, when I'm in the kitchen, truly. I appreciate that because what you've done is you've, um, you've increased the relatability factor for those who may be on that journey, but aren't there yet or don't feel like the plant-based is for them. You're actually showing that, you know, one could be flexible and still have a healthy diet. So I think for those who may not be all the way plant-based, but I want to have a healthier diet, uh, you can go to Asha's page and I'll allow her to share it again. And you can see some tips for how to create healthy meals according to your palate, wherever you are in that journey. And I think that's uh, that's very, very important. And I thank you for sharing, sharing that with us as well. Have you been documenting your journey? Are we, um, can we be hopeful about maybe a book coming out in the future with your journey from where you are to the present? Um, definitely. It would probably be more so of a cookbook, um, more than a memoir or an autobiography. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for the future. I'm young and I'm just starting out. So there's so much opportunity out there, but definitely am looking forward to writing a cookbook in the future as I'm, you know, just in the kitchen writing down various things that I do. Um, my parents are my biggest fans when it comes to cooking. They they pretty much love everything. And if they don't like something, I, I encourage for them to provide me with feedback so that I can, you know, improve it and or scrap the recipe if it's just not uh, for me. But um, definitely I believe in like documenting um, recipes in, in your family as well. Um, and for listeners to like, talk to your family members and, you know, try to get um, a collection of your recipes um, that can be passed down to future generations so that you can, you know, um, just continue to um, cook your own food. Because when you look at studies, um, cooking your own food can definitely be healthier than just eating out or eating processed foods as well. So that's one thing I'll definitely say about um, books and documenting. Awesome. And I mentioned earlier that a lot of administrators, uh, school principals who have career days, certainly the virtual space, they like to hear stories about the journeys of my guests who had a, may have had desires when they were younger and they followed through on their career pursuits. Um, what can you say to uh, children, and I'll say Black and Brown children in particular, who uh, are unaware of the, the options in this field, but may have a desire to do something like you are doing related to health and diet and horticulture and gardening and um, cooking, et cetera. 
what could you say to encourage them to explore all that's out there in terms of your field of work? Right, great question. I, I would say it's important to reach out to people, um, definitely, whether you're on social media, whether you're on Google. Um, if you have a person that you look up to that's a chef or that's a dietitian or that's a doctor or um, that's, you know, in the food, in the field of food or nutrition or science or STEM, whatever you're interested in, look them up, connect with them, reach out to them because they definitely have knowledge and experiences and other connections as well um, that, you know, could help you explore your interests and further your interests in this field of food. And it's, also a part of networking. Networking is when you're building relationships, when you're connecting with other people, because um, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. So you always want to make sure that, you know, you're talking to people, you have an open mind, you're connecting with them because they may know about an experience that you haven't seen on Google, on Instagram, in your email, but um, you want to just make sure, excuse me, you want to make sure that you know, you're expanding your network as much as you can, like try to be meeting with people or meeting new people um, as often as you can every week, every month and staying in contact with them as well. Because like I said, experiences are going to come and go. And the more experiences that you get, the more that you'll learn about what you love and what you um, want to pursue in, you know, education or in your professional or in your personal or as a hobby as well. And almost finally, Asha, say a little bit about your parents and um, how they facilitated your goals and dreams. Because many of us parents now who want our, our, our kids to know the sky's the limit, uh, we want to know what the secret is. What did your parents do right so that we can apply some of those things as well in terms of getting our children to... Um, to live out their truest potential. Right. So I think that my parents, one thing they did right, they pushed me to do things I really didn't want to do or stepped, had me step outside of my comfort zone. Um, growing up, I was in a lot of different enrichment programs where I was learning about engineering and STEM and um, math and all these things that like growing up, you would rather not be learning about. But it helped for me to learn what I do like and what I don't like and learn more about STEM and um, just becoming really an analytical thinker. And I, I think that that really helped for me to um, be able to see myself pursuing research um, when I did go to undergrad. So your parents you're, are gonna make you or encourage you to do things that you may not wanna do, that you don't see the value in it, but just stay the course, trust the process, trust them um, because they're definitely having you do that for a reason. And um, in the future down the line, you will use it in some way, shape or form, um, whether it's directly or indirectly. So um, trust your parents, talk to them. Like if you're doing something that you, you know that's not what you wanna do, then find something that you do wanna do and hopefully they can support you in that as well um, because Sometimes parents can kind of push you into things that they think um, that would suit you, but you might be interested in something else. So if you are, that's okay, but don't just state the problem, but come with a solution as well. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Asha, please share ways individuals can follow your journey. Please give us all the links and um, let us know what we can expect in the short term if you have anything you want to share with listeners as well. Definitely. Um, so you all can follow me on Instagram. Again, it's at Asha underscore the underscore scientist. And you spell my name, A-S-H-A. If you like to follow me professionally as well, I'm on LinkedIn. My first and last name is Asha McElroy. You can just search me there. Um, there are more recipes and more content coming on my Instagram page. So make sure you follow me um, and try out some recipes as well. Let me know, um, you know what you like, what you didn't like. I love to have that dialogue with folks um, when they do actually try my recipes. Thanks so much, Ryan, for inviting me on your podcast. You're most welcome. So listeners should know Asha the Scientist on Instagram. Uh, her goal is to educate, empower, and uplift young people between the ages of 18 and 25 to utilize space to grow their own food, create healthy meals, and learn how science connects to their everyday life. Asha, thank you so much for being a guest on the Waterworld podcast. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. You too. Thank you and blessings to you on your journey. Uh, we're proud of all you've accomplished and we wish you all the best. And hopefully uh, my listeners will connect with her page. A lot of uh, good stuff there. You'll see gardening, you'll see cooking, you'll see uh, recipes. It's very engaging. Please be sure and I'll put in the links ways to connect with her on Instagram. Thank you for joining me on the Water Word podcast on YouTube and on our your favorite podcast app, which is released weekly. I'm honored by uh, listener engagement. Um, please let me know if you have uh, a guest or someone else who you would love to see on the podcast. Certainly, I was inspired by my conversation with Asha, and I'm hoping that in the next few weeks, we'll be able to share more to help you on the journey. Thanks again, and have a good evening. When I was on campus, I was able to get involved in research and that I feel like was a confirmation that I knew, you know, that what I was doing, what I was studying, the people I was connecting with um, in terms of nutrition, dietetics, nutritional sciences, food science, was all what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I was able to get involved in various research projects on campus, which helped me to connect what I was learning in the classroom to um, you know what I wanted to pursue even after I earned my degree and you know the impact that I'm able to make as a researcher understanding problems that affect my community and helping to improve health outcomes in my community. Um, so you know research was um, a path that I didn't know I would um, travel down but I, I'm so grateful that I did because I was able to continue to learn and continue to grow as a researcher and a scholar as well.